Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. About faith, without excuse me, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. My opinion, faith is the ability to place your confidence and assurance in Jesus, even though things may not look favorable. It may not look favorable, I should say. Faith is the ability to place your confidence and assurance in Jesus, even when things may not look favorable or to your advantage. It may look like the relationship. It may look like the promotion. It may look like the business deal. It may look like the financial situation. It may look like the challenging going, challenging that goes on in your body. It's not working for your good. But of course, Romans 8 and 28. Let's go over there real quickly. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And Romans 8, 28 reads as follows. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, the, who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that all things are working together for good. The business deal, the promotion, the uh, challenge in the body, financial challenges, so forth and so on, they're working for our good. May not look like it, may not seem like it, but they're working for my good. Even when it comes to your school, it's working for your good. It took confidence in God, according to Hebrews 11 and 4, for able to offer God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though which he is known as righteous. Go with me over to Hebrews 11, back to Hebrews 11 and 4. In fact, just go back up from what we just read. By faith, Abraham offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than came, though through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. He was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. So we see here that, excuse me, God, excuse me, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, for which he is known as righteous. And so he was approved of God and accepted by God. And we can learn from this because when we do what's right by God, we'll be approved by God and we'll be acceptable to God. God continued to use his life and death to testify to us that Abel's trust and belief in God when it comes to giving. And I may believe that giving is right. Given is definitely right, not based on what I said, but based on what Scripture says. As believers, we must desire to have a daily testimony that regards to what we deal with, hear or see, my ultimate goal in life is to please Jesus. No matter what I deal with, I want to have a desire, I want to have a feeling, a want to please Jesus. I want to please Jesus. How many want to please Jesus? Now, I know you like pleasing folks, and I know understand that folks are going to want to, you to please them. But for the most part, we got to learn how to please Jesus first in, in everything that we do. And that my question comes, you know, we read a text like this. You need to understand that I believe that many born-again believers, as well as those who are seeking to know Jesus, have a desire to please him. I truly believe that we as born-again believers, we want to please God. We want to please him. We want to make him happy. We want him satisfied to be well with him. We want to please God. I believe we do. I believe that many people in this sanctuary want to please God. 
I believe we do. I believe we do. I believe we're trying to do our best to please God. Yeah, man may get pleased because we're pleasing God, but for the most part, we want to please Jesus more than anything in our lives. Listen, my husband may get a wife or may get a part of it, but my main desire is to please God. The job may like me, but you know what? My main desire is to please God. In fact, let me say this to you. You are better employed because you do want to please God. You are better at business person because you do want to please God. Why? When you want to do what's right, you don't cheat the company of the time. You don't cheat folks of their business deals. You try to do what's right because you want to please God. You want to make him satisfied. You want to make sure he's happy. You want to please God. And sometimes you're going to come a little bit short. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, and I, you live long enough she came up short and trying to please God. Because he's perfect. He don't make any mistakes, but you know what? We're human beings, and we deal with human things. We deal with life situations, and you got to learn that when you deal with life situations, you're going to come up a little bit short. You're going to come up a little bit short. Don't be mad with it, and I used to get upset because I got I came up short. I used to be mad, and I used to fret over this, that, and the other, but you got to learn how to repent. And repent means you got to ask God to forgive you and continue to move forward. They thank God for forgiveness of sins, the blood of Jesus that was shed back on the cross called Calvary. Woo, glory be to God. And this is what I want you to understand. Just having knowledge of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice while we were sinners, he demonstrated his love for us when he took on death, hell, and the grave that we might live according to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. What are Romans 5, verse 8? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. For God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. But notice what he did. He demonstrated his love for us. He showed to us. He proved to us. He established his love for us when he took on death. But why? And we were not in the best position, but because of his love for us, he demonstrated his love for us. And many of us are grateful for what Jesus done. Because if you don't understand the fact that Jesus saved you from your sins, you might not appreciate what Jesus done for you. Listen, there are many of us in the sanctuary, we are so grateful for the love that Jesus showed for us. Because when it came to sin, we were sinners. Paul said this, I seeing more than you all. So why? He had a lot to be thankful for. Because Paul, think about this. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But before he did that, he was killing Christians. And Paul said, you know what? I I did worse than all of you. And God forgave me. He had a lot to be grateful, grateful for. And I appreciate Paul being grateful. Now, I appreciate many of us in this sanctuary. We are grateful that God forgave us of the things that we used to do. Mm -mm -mm. I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm grateful for him. Go with me to to, uh, Luke 7 and 47. I want to insert something in here real quickly. Luke 7 and 47. There was a woman. She had did a lot of stuff. And Jesus made a statement to her. And I agree with the statement that he made to her. Therefore, I say to you, Luke 7 and 47, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom Lula is forgiven, the same loves Lula. Some of us have a right to love much. Why? Because we have been forgiven a whole bunch. 
Hallelujah. God has forgiven us a whole bunch of stuff. Now, think about this. If God was to list all of our sins, everything we did wrong, that list would be long for some of us. But Jesus loved us enough and he forgave us. And that's why we're grateful. That's why we want to please him because he forgave us so much. Oh, thank you for forgiving us for so much, God. Listen, I listen, some stuff I meant to do, some stuff I didn't mean to do. But the bottom line is Jesus forgave us, and that's why I want to please him. I want to know, listen, listen, if I want to please somebody, I need to know why I want to, I need to please you. I need to know why I need to please you. Listen, I love my wife, and I know I need to please her according to Scripture. You got a supervisor or a business deal. You got to do certain things to make that business deal or that work relation to go. But you know what? The main person I want to please is Jesus. Main person I want to please. Now, I understand I got to do certain things to please you. I got to do certain things. I don't get on a job talking about the only person I got to please on this job is Jesus. No, you got to please the folks you work for. Thank you for the four-way man's right there. You got to show up on time. You got to do the work they pay you for, and then you got to do it as unto the Lord. You got to work on that job. Nobody talk. Nah, they ain't going to tell me what to do. Why are you on the job? Then go find you another job. I'm sorry. Let me get out of that right there. Let me get out of that right there. But the thing we need to understand, our main focus is on pleasing Jesus. And I like that this woman here, her sins, which are many. And I said, you know what? I ain't got to use that woman right there. I can look at myself. My sins, which were many, good God Almighty, are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. But we're in a position where we love much, and we know why we why we want to please God, because God has forgiven us. How many thank God for forgiveness? I mean, you know, you appreciate God. Listen, and, and don't you thank God you ain't got to tell everybody everything you've done? Woo-hoo-wee. Even the young child raised his hand on that one. <laughs> because nobody ain't got to tell everything you've done. We don't, fact, some of us don't even don't want to know. You, he knows and he can forgive you. Hallelujah. Even the sins you intended to do, but you didn't do because you didn't have certain things, God will forgive you of those as well. In order to please God, it takes faith. It takes faith. Now, why you say it, Pastor? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Notice what he said. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Notice, we're gonna, if we're going to please him, it's going to take what? faith. Notice what he said. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if I'm going to make God happy, if I'm going to be God satisfied, it's going to take what? Faith. Why? Not, but this is what you got to understand. The person who you're pleasing knows what he wants, he needs in order to be pleased. Thank you. That's good right there, Lord. See, you might think that I want certain things that's going to make me happy, but if you give me something I don't like, that ain't going to make me happy. Now, with God, you can give him a lot of different things, but if you give him what pleases him, then you're not going to make God satisfied. You're not going to cause God to be pleased with you. You're not going to cause God to be happy with you because you're not giving him what he needs in order to be pleased. And so, therefore, we have to go to Scripture to find out what pleases God. What pleases God? Me trusting in him. What pleases, what makes God happy, I should say? Me having confidence in him. Me having assurance in him. Me having belief in him. And, and me believing it no matter what I deal with in life, that God going to work it out for my good. Oh, I, I got to believe that. I got to believe that. Because, see, everything that I deal with is not going to make me happy. Mm-mm-mm. 
And everything God asks you to do may not make you happy, but it make him happy. That's why he said, I will not put nothing on you. You can't bear. You may not like it, but if it makes him happy, you might, sometimes you got to go through it. Ooh-wee. But I mean, it's some stuff that made God happy don't make you happy. God Almighty. Boy, I, that, I preach that to myself. I'm getting happy all, all, about, on that one on my own. Listen, everything I go through, I ain't going to lie to you. Don't make me happy, but if it makes him pleased, if it makes him happy, if it satisfies him, I just got to go through it. Every trial, every tribulation I go through, every person I have to deal with on my job, my business, every trial, pain in my body, financial pain. If it makes God happy, I'm going through because it's going to make me a better person. I got to. Tell you, I got to go through it. Tell them I don't like it, but I got to go through it. Now, let me say it to you. Now, some people like every trial and tribulation they go through. I ain't, I ain't got that saved yet, y'all. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. I know it's why Jesus, Jesus had to go and pray that he could go through certain things. And the Bible said he prayed till there's a great sweat, excuse me, that his, oh, he prayed drops of blood to deal with certain trials he had to go through. Now, let me say this to you. If he had to deal with that, I never have prayed drops of blood before, but I have prayed till I sweat I prayed till I'm tired. And I said, whew, but if I had to pray that hard till drops of blood come, whoo. I remember the one we studied. No, I studied got over this one yet. There was one group we ta- we studied this recently here. They worked so hard that the hair came off their head, and their shoulders were woo, real wrong. I said, "Woo, boy, that's some hard work right there." Uh, listen, I've cut grass, sweated, and did everything, but I never have came to that position before. But God blessed them though, because remember, the, the main point was because God stepped in and says they worked for me. They worked for me, not for. OCC, not for whatever. They work for him. And when you work for God, you're going to be rewarded. Just mind when you work for God, you're going to be rewarded. It takes courage to live a lifestyle of faith because faith has to deal with obstacles. You know what the main obstacle to deal with? Life. Life. One of the things I had to learn is that life is real. You got some of y'all got situations you're dealing with right now. And, and I wish I could pray it off for you, but it is part of your life. It is part of your life. I pray that you say, Pastor Dobbs, I, I want you to lay hands on me that I ain't got to deal with this right here. I can lay hands and grieve you down with a whole jar of it. Olive oil especially came from over overseas, but it won't help you get through it. You have to deal with some life. You have to deal with your life. If you got children, you got to deal with your children. If you got a spouse, you got to deal with your spouse. If you got finances, you got to deal with your finances. You got to deal with what? Life. I wish I could give you a, a good definition to say, you know what, you ain't got to deal with this because of this, that, and the other. But the reality is you got to deal with life. You got to deal with life. That's why Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He, you got a life, but God can give you a better life. He can give you a better life. And that's, in my opinion, life is not going to let a believer operate in faith without opposition. Opposition. I believe every believer has opposition. Opposition. Not that you're asking for, but it is a reality. Listen, I wish I could tell you that 
uh, in scripture that people didn't have to deal with opposition. But when I look in this text, I look at from Genesis to Revelation, people had to deal with opposition. And life brings about things that are resistance to you, that are going to be hostile, that are going to bring objection to when you have to do what is right. I wish I could tell you that it wasn't going to be a part of your life. I wish I could tell you, sister, that you ain't going to have opposition when you're trying to do right. My brother, I wish I could tell you that what you, when you're dealing, you're doing right, but all of a sudden the enemy brings in something wrong. I wish I could tell you what's going to happen to you. But life. See, opposition of our faith, you got to watch out for opposition. Let me give you a few examples of opposition. Opposition can be doubt. You're doing something, but you got to deal with doubt. You got to deal with fear. Fear will come at you. Dread will come at you. If you live long enough, you have to, you, listen, you, some of you right now, if you ain't careful, you'll be dreading going to do certain things because of what you got to deal with once you get there. You know what, you know what's waiting at your house when you get there. Oh God, I dread going now. Oh, you know what you, you go to work on Monday, you got to deal with this problem that you left on Friday. Dread to go to work. You also know that when you get ready to look at your checkbook again, you got to deal with that bill that you see that's due this certain day right now. You got to deal with it. And sometimes dread can be a part of opposition. Another thing you deal with uh, sometimes is you got to deal with, oh, watch this, what we hear. What we hear. What do you mean, Pastor Sometimes things are not, uh, sometimes you don't ask for stuff. I thought about this. Think about this for a moment. Sometimes you don't ask for stuff. It just automatically comes up in your life. You don't ask for it. You don't. Listen, I've learned this. I've learned this. I've learned this. Let me teach you a life lesson real quickly. I don't care how well you prepare, you will never be prepared for everything. Just get over it. Because every time your faith is built to a certain level, the enemy brings something at this level. And God will allow him to bring it because he said, you know what? You, you believe in it. See, we get, sometimes we can get caught up in how well we prepare for something that we think we're ready for anything. Well, God will tell you, you know what? You ain't ready for everything. You don't need me. And God will allow you stuff, information, texts, phone calls, certain information to come into your life. And you'll say, you know what? You got to deal with that right now. And you're, and you think you're ready. And this is what you got to understand. Folks that go to church every Sunday can't handle everything that God brings in their life on a constant basis. Because sometimes you get some news from a doctor that will cause you, you dread it. Sometimes the doctor will tell you certain things like, what the world? It'll shake your faith. Sometimes you can, listen, a bill can come in the mail. You weren't looking for the bill. You thought the bill was already paid for. And it'll come in your Mailbox, your mailbox. These days they'll email your bill. I told them don't email me no bill. I might not never see it. <laughs> I just tell folks. I just, listen, I get emails all the time, so you please don't email no bill. I told one man, said, don't email me no bills, because I might not never see it. He didn't believe me. He said, I didn't pay it. Then he believed me. <laughs> the thing you must understand is this. You'll get a bill that if you ain't careful, will shake your world. Sometimes people will give you information that will shake Listen, a, a mechanic will tell you something. You think it's one thing. Listen, listen, it's going to cost you a little bit more to get this fixed. 
than what we had anticipated. He's like, what the world? If you're careful, you will, it will cause dread. It will shake your faith. And it's what? Nothing but opposition. Nothing but opposition. I don't care how ready you get. And I mean, you need to be ready. Don't get me wrong. You need to have faith in your life. Faith come by hearing and hearing about the word of God. And it's amazing to me. As much as I prepare for stuff, I still get stuff that shakes me. I still get stuff that shakes me mentally. I still hear information that calls and see stuff that calls me to say, Ooh, you never been shaking like this before. Standing up straight, looking at somebody eye to eye, but in your spirit, man, shaking. Oh, y'all ain't live long enough, baby. Holy oh, yeah. Woo! Got a bill one day. Say, we're going to pay this in Jesus' name, but inside. Doctor said something. Oh, we're going to pray this off in Jesus' name, but inside. Dealing with opposition. And let me tell you something. You will never go to your next level till you deal with your opposition. Come on, David. David, David, listen, I know you're good, David. I know you believe God, David, but you got to deal with your Goliath. You got to deal with your Goliath before you can get your. And sometimes we want to, listen, look at Goliath, but never want to deal with him. We want to look at Goliath, tell Goliath, he big, ain't he? He sure live. He 10 feet tall. He sure live. He got the, some big armor. Yes, he sure do. But sometimes you got to pick up them, that, them five smooth stones. And you got to, listen, you got to take that one, that, that, that one sling. That's that sling shot and put that stone in it and round that thing up. And Goliath said, you come, come at me one way. And sometimes you got to throw it at that giant in your life. You got to take that thing and wind it up. And you got to wind it up. And you got and that's what faith is. Because faith would not kill a normal giant in your life. Excuse me. Faith will kill normal as well as big giants in your life. Are y'all following me here? That's why we when opposition comes, we need the word of God to deal with the opposition. We need the word of God. And let me t- give you one example of scripture before I go on into this next point. I want to do one more opposition. One more word is unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief means you got weak faith, lack of faith, no faith. And, and my oh, weak faith, lack of faith, no faith. And one of my favorite definitions of unbelief is this: refusal to get faith. Faith is available to you, but you refuse it. You refuse to study scripture. You refuse to pray. You refuse, amen, when the written and revealed word is coming forth to receive it. It's the refusal of faith. Now, we can have unbelief when you don't know something, but when you got the opportunity to know and you choose not, that's why the Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of what? Knowledge. You know what they did? They refused it. They refused it. It was available, but they refused it. How many times do, does unbelief hit our life because we refuse it? It, it? Not that God did not make it available to you, but you did not make yourself available when God was giving it. 
And he said, you know what? Don't, don't say I didn't prepare you. Don't say, because let me tell you, you can't be full of prayer for anything. I told you anyway. But let me tell you, when you get hit in the knees, at least you know how to get back up. You know how to get back up when you get hit. But let me say, you see, when sometimes you get hit, you ain't know how to get back up when you're operating unbelief. God, not because it wasn't available to you, but because you refused it. You did not make yourself available when God was bringing it forth. We talked about earlier, there's solution to sanctuary. When God brings solution to sanctuary, you did not receive the solution that God gave you. And God knew what he was doing when he gave it to you. It didn't seem like it at the time, but he knew what he was doing. Let me show you something in scripture real quickly. Uh, go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 6. Mark 6, verse 6. And he marveled because of their what? Unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus marveled. Mark recorded that when he saw, when Jesus saw their unbelief, he marveled. Wow, these folks don't believe. These individuals in this area don't believe. But you know, Jesus did something about it. You know what Jesus did about it? Notice what he said in the last part of that of verse 6. Then he went about the village in a circuit, and he was doing what? Teaching. He was teaching. One lesson every believer, born again believer, has to, has to learn is that we cannot take, take time off from hearing and applying the written and revealed word of God. We can't take time off, y'all, because opposition can become strong when it's not counteracted with faith. Opposition can become strong when it's not counteracted with faith. Everybody get that? Everybody understand? Opposition going to happen, y'all. I wish I could pray opposition not going to happen, but life going to happen, right? Anybody gonna, listen, I want you to live life. I want you to deal with stuff. I want you to be an overcomer. I want you to deal with the Goliaths in your life. I want you to deal with the lions and the bears in your life. I want you to be like uh, the three Hebrew boys when they throw you in the pit. You come out not smelling like smoke. I want you to be there, but you got to deal with stuff. When you deal with it, the problem is when you don't deal with it by faith. This is the thing that you got to understand. When you don't deal with it by faith, opposition can become stronger when it's not counteracted by faith. I'll give you another example real quick, and I'm going to move on because I got a lot to cover. But the thing I need you to understand, you ever notice that when you don't deal with stuff by faith, that the opposition, when he will send thoughts at your mind, there'll be thoughts come at your mind. There'll be thoughts come at your mind. And until you put the word on it, the thoughts will keep coming at your mind. And you gotta let you gotta be you gotta be a strong believer. You gotta have a word to back that up. Now, as one songwriter said, as God begins to give us victory over our opposition, as one songwriter would say, we who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? A God that knowing that we, what, excuse me, what we know about the cruelty of death and the fact that death no longer has a sting of punishment provides the entry of eternal life with Christ based on 1 Corinthians 15, 15 through 57. We love yielding our will to serve God. We love attending to his work. We love working for Jesus. And as I gain faith to please God, it helps me to help others. 
as your faith grows, you put yourself in a position to make it easier for others, to support others, to assist others. Listen, when you learn how to deal with the opposition in your life, you can help others deal with opposition in their life. One thing I've learned is, is, is e- I'm going to say it's easier, but sometimes people come to me with their with they opposition. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're going to be all right. Well, you may not be all right. This is hard. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's tough. Yes, you're going through something that's real. But based on my track record with my opposition, you're going to be all right. Because God is not a respecter of what? Persons. What he did for one, he'll do for somebody else. Let me say this to you. That person next to you, that person right next to you, they've dealt with some opposition too in their life. Oh, listen. You don't don't get listen, don't act like you ain't never dealt with anything. Your sister or your brother needs you. That's why the Bible tells us over in the book of Galatians, listen, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Consider yourself. Did you not notice that person next to you had dealt with opposition? That person beside you has dealt with opposition as well. And God will help them, help you to help them. We encounter people daily in our walk in Christ who needs us to help them experience better, whether they're in our family, at work, or people right beside you in the local church. People need us as believers to be prepared to, excuse me, to assist them, especially when the situation seems hopeless. Ready to do certain things to deal with matters. Sometimes people need to know what you do when you don't get anything right. They need to know what to do when you mess up. What do you do? Some people need to know that when, listen, you ain't got enough, what do you do? Some people need to know when you ain't got enough, you still give? Yes. Some people need to know when you get weak, do you still pray? Yes. Men ought to always pray and not to what? But they need to see you go through and be prepared. And when you go through, you can help somebody. You ever notice that when God sends you through, he really don't send you out just to be, he sends you out so in turn you can help somebody else come out. Isn't that wonderful news, y'all? Ooh-wee. Thank God he helps us to do that. And it takes faith in God if we're going to live the confidence and assurance that he has the power to change this situation and make it better. But you know if God did it for you, he can do it for somebody else. You know, you listen, I know you're special. I know you're wonderful. I know you're unique. But what God loves he loves you enough to help you, but he wants you to help somebody else. He wants you to reach out. Listen, sometimes you need to grab a sister or brother by the hand and say, hey, come up real quickly, man, real quickly. I know you're going through. Let me help you out. It, it, listen, it really ain't going to take much. They want to come out. Sometimes people just don't know how to come out. Sometimes they need a word of encouragement to help them get through. Listen, you ain't not, listen, you, you didn't always, thank you, thank you, my brother. You didn't always come out of everything you was in by yourself. No way. You, no, 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 don't, don't, don't pretend because you know I know. <laughs> you know I know. You know I know. You didn't always come out by yourself everything you dealt with neither. So don't never, don't get too high-minded and think that when you come out, you can't help nobody else get out. And at least if you think that, don't worry, God got something else for you down the road. To let you know, oh, you better ask for some help up in here. You need assistance. You need support. You need people to help you come out of what you in right now. And I appreciate God helping us, y'all. 
How many appreciate God helping them? Hallelujah. Sometimes it may require some discipleship when it comes to sharing our faith. Discipleship means I'm willing to be a learner of Christ and willing to share my knowledge with others. Sometimes you got to be a pupil or a learner of Christ to help people come out. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It takes a firm belief in Christ when you're excited about sharing your faith, but the person rejects your message. And you still have an attitude that I must share the gospel with others. If you're not, let me tell you something. Folks sometimes going to reject you. They're going to dismiss you as inadequate. You're not giving me the proper help at the right time in the right manner. It's inappropriate or not in their taste. They're going to reject it. But you still must share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Because somebody's going to want to come out, y'all. You got somebody that you know, somebody that's in your circle, somebody that you're connected with that wants to come out of what they're in. It requires faith to declare Isaiah 53 and 5, which states in part that by his stripes we are healed. When you are staring what seems, excuse me, what seemingly looks like death in the faith, in the faith. To heal or to heal of physical infirmities by his stripes, we are healed. Another healing that we is so important as well, emotional hurt and distress. That's something else we all need to be healed from. We may not be, be, need to be healed today, but I've learned this about life. You know what life would do? Life will have you on emotions you ain't careful. Life will deal you some emotional scars if you ain't careful. It'll deal with you. I'm telling you, your emotion be going up and down just dealing with life. Oh, that's not, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than life. Okay, keep on living. Keep on living. Keep on living. I did, that's why I love what Jesus said. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. However, when my faith is strong, it pleases God. It gives me confidence that I can declare his word and expect him to manifest that word. When my faith is strong, it is secure and it is established and it pleases God. Remember, we please God. We please God. And I'm going to talk about briefly. And I, I, I listen, I, I call these two ingredients to please God. Two ingredients for faith to work in our lives. Remember, he said this, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. One, he is. Second ingredient, that he is a rewarder. One thing, let me say this thing. Let me put this out here before I forget it. Reward is not your idea. It's God's idea. I need you to understand that. Don't never, well, Pastor, I shouldn't want anything from God. It's his idea to reward you, not mine. Well, I don't think you should want, I've heard people say it. I've said it too in the past by mistake. I lied, y'all. Please forgive me. But he is a rewarder, y'all. And you got to believe he is a rewarder in your life. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. So the first green is that we must believe. Notice what he says. I must believe. I got to believe. I got to think to be true, to be persuaded, to acknowledge, to trust that he is. And the enemy will try to get us not to believe through a series of negative circumstances. But, of course, we learn at Romans 8, 28. That all things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. So we got to believe that he is. We got to think it to be true. We got to be persuaded and that things are going to get better. They're going to be pleasant. They're going to be happy. They're going to be agreeable. 
and that God is working on our behalf when the enemy is painting a picture of negative circumstances. Life will paint you a picture of negative circumstances. But because he is what the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. Woo-wee. That's why you know you, that he is. Every evil thing that comes your way, God can turn it around for good. What people try to do to you as well as what you do to yourself, God can turn it around for good. You know when you're messing your own life up and God's still turning around, you, you got to serve. You gotta, my God, you ought to serve him. You messing your own life up with your own whack decisions. And God still turns it around and works it for your good. You know you ought to be happy with God. You ought to say, my God, I ought to want to please him. I ought to want to satisfy him. I mess my own life up. Or people mess my life up. And God is still turning around? Folks will leave you on the side of the ditch for dead. But God will send a Samaritan person around to take your wound, to, to wound, to get you out of that ditch, stitch you up, and take you down the road and put you in the inn. In other words, he'll take care of you. Ooh-wee. Well, how many know God will take care of his people? Boy, you need to know that. That is a sign when God takes care of you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You ought to know he is. Sometimes God going to do something. He gonna just going to, I mean, God will just, boom, drop something in your lap. You're like, where did that come from? Because he is. And hey, you can't put in the words what God do for you. Yeah, Sometimes God just going to be he, who he is. He just going to be he is. The children of Israel said, tell, he, he said, tell the children of Israel, I am that I am. I ain't got no explanation why I can explain what I do, what I do. I am what I am. You got to believe that. You got to believe when people are working witchcraft against you, working evil against you, talking about you behind your back, that God says he is. He is. What are they going to do? What he going to do? How are we going to do it? Boy, when your money gets funny, all of a sudden you get that bill paid despite, and you still giving God his tithes and all. That's a sign that he is. That is a sign that he is. When you challenging your body, see, I've been challenging the point of my body. I feel like, ooh, will I ever get well? But God did it again. I can't even tell you the exact time, date, or whatever, but I felt better. I woke up, ooh, I feel like going back on. See what the end going to be. Woo, he is, y'all. You can't put in the words. You know medicine didn't do that. Because half of us don't even take the medicine. Like, that's supposed to be taken no way. We take it like we want to take it. Thank y'all for the five. Amen. The rest of y'all be honest for the rest of it. Be, be, be honest. Be honest. We see instruction, but we take it how we want to take it. <laughs> Based on how we feel and so forth. But God healed us despite that. He is, y'all. He is, y'all. Boy, you never had some of that supernatural gas mouth? He is, y'all. He is, y'all. He is, y'all. You, you ever seen them tie a little bit raw? He is, y'all. He is, y'all. You ever seen that food in your pantry? You know where it's coming from? He is, y'all. Don't you ever underestimate God ain't working in your life. Wife testified to the fact she was looking for some shoes. Praise God. Y'all yeah, gonna tell this testimony. It's her testimony, but I'm gonna tell it, alright? Hallelujah. She went in there and, and saw all those shoes, and, and, and that lady gave that woman favor. I mean, that favor in the eye, boy. And she, and she got all them shoes delivered to the house. I'd have to carry not one of them. I had to carry some stuff. I'd have to carry none of them shoes. Are y'all following me? I, I ain't talking about small shoes. I'm talking about boots, y'all. 
And boots, I had to get had to get another suitcase to carry all them boots. I'm just saying, that's how many boots it was, my brother. Might have been two or three suitcases. Y'all find it with that many boots, y'all. I, I, I had no problem with him getting the boots. I really didn't. But I, I had to get out the way. I just sit on the side and lifted my phone and got God, and her and God worked that thing out. When she got all them boots for that much money, I said, woo-wee. I said, look at God do that thing right there. Woo-woo. See, that's the side that he is. Can't nobody do that except God. If it me, I walked out the store. I've been going down looking. So I would have missed what God wanted to do in her life. I had to sit down and get out of the way. And sometimes you, you need to know you need to sit down and get out of the way and let God do what he's going to do. Because you might, see, some of us be messing stuff up and don't realize we mess. I realized I was messing it up. Let me just get out the way and sit back and just, yeah, that look nice too, babe. <laughs> that look nice too. You got to know that. I take no credit for stuff like that. That's him, y'all. That's him. That's something he wanted to do for his daughter. And he wanted to do it for her special. I mean, that, that, hey, he did what he did. I got me a nice set of boots too for I left for y'all following me. I got one. <laughs> y'all see it for us. Oh, y'all know. I'll be kicking it one day. I'll be like, oh, that boot passed down. We're talking about right Yeah, I got some too, brains. But he is, y'all. He is. He is. I want you to never forget. He is. He is. You got to know that he is. He is. Tell somebody he is. Now, the second ingredient, second ingredient is easy reward. One who pays wages. Someone who gives something for service. Now, I was t- my wife and I were talking about this message while we were in Dallas. And, and the Lord, I said, I've never seen it before. But one of the greatest rewards God gives us on a week-by-week basis, the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest, is his word. Week by week. You know, we come to the sanctuary. I believe it's Psalms 20 and 2. The Bible talks about he gives us answers or solutions in the sanctuary. Week by week, God gives us solutions. May you know how blessed you are to be in a, in a sanctuary where God is just manifesting his answers to. He just showing you he's, he is. Next thing he shows he's a rewarder. I said, God, you know, that is so great. Because I could get, listen, I, I thought about all, we, we talked about other things, but when God showed me that, he said, you are the blessed place when you get answers, encouragement. You get uh, insight. You get solutions. You get supernatural solutions. Jeremiah 3.15, you get knowledge and understanding. You get knowledge is facts, information, and skills. Facts, information, and skills. Understanding is insight, comprehension, and I like this definition, ways to prosper. Ways to prosper. So you get knowledge, facts, information, and skills, understanding, insight, comprehension, and ways to prosper. This allows us to think and talk and conduct our lives more like Jesus. One of the greatest rewards you will ever get. One of the greatest rewards you will ever get. Because, see, when you get that reward... Give me a few minutes. I'm going to be closing a few minutes, but give me a few minutes. I'm going to go a little bit over. When you get that, it'll help you to get along with your, your spouse. It'll help you when you go to work. 
It'll help you when you go to school. It'll help you when you are down shopping somewhere and God give you favor. It gives it all is in the sanctuary. And that is a reward. Y'all notice how and notice this. You see how God has given us a reward even this Sunday? Oh, so y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Yeah, some of y'all didn't get that. Watch this. You see how God is rewarding us this Sunday. He said, listen, remember, I am. Or he is, I should say. And two, I'm a rewarder. When you start, look, this gives you a greater appreciation for the sanctuary. Gives you a greater appreciation for the things of God. It gives you a greater appreciation for Sunday school. You see how they were dropping knowledge and understanding in Sunday school this morning? I said, boy, that's good. And then they were getting my message for this afternoon. I said, ooh, I can't say too much. They tried to get in my message this afternoon. I mean, they said some things directly that I'm going to say this afternoon. I said, okay, hallelujah. Got to bring down. <laughs> but that's how God rewards us week by week. Man, isn't, that, isn't it wonderful to know that God loves you so much that every time you come into his sanctuary, he's going to show you that he is a rewarder? I mean, every time you come to sanctuary, God says, you know I'm going to reward that person. When they decide to get up in the morning, put on their clothes, ride down the road and go between here, there, and there, go through traffic, do whatever, and they get in the sanctuary, I'm going to reward them. I'm going to reward them. I'm going to reward them through praise and worship. I'm going to reward them through their giving. I'm going to reward them through a knowledge and understanding. So when they get ready to deal with what they're going to deal with next week, they have no idea, but I'm preparing them for what they're going to deal with. When they get ready to go on their job, do that business deal, deal whatever they're going to deal with, I will give them their reward. I will give them knowledge and understanding. I need that because you know what? If you, let me tell you something. How many can admit if you didn't have knowledge and understanding, there's some stuff that would be a whole lot different. <laughs> I put to y'all like that. We'll, we're going to leave it right there, all right? We're going to talk about how it's going to be different. But you know, some of us would not be, mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, for knowledge and understanding, we thank God for that. So, He's a reward. He's worth, and the Lord is a reward for those who come to Him and truly believe, truly believe, and truly believe Him. To be persuaded by His word, when you are saying that you believe His word, you credit Him for His word, you trust in Jesus. In my opinion, key to receiving the benefits and blessing that comes from our rewarder is to diligently seek Him. For the blessing of who he is. Seek him. Seek him. Diligently seek him. One thing I love about this. When you diligently seek God. See, diligent means basically you're going to keep going, pursuing him, going after him. What I've learned about diligently seeking him is that you don't always feel it, but you just do it. Everybody understand what I mean by that? Can I be honest with y'all real quickly? And don't take the hold this again. Please don't hold this again. I don't always feel like going to the gym and working out. I don't. Can I be I, I don't. But you know what? I did go. I did go. I go, and, and, there's, and there's some machines I look at. I'm like, I don't want to do that machine today. I sure don't. But I get on anyway because I know I need to do it. You follow what I'm saying here? There's some things that we do in life you may not feel like doing, 
but you got to diligently. got to go beyond your emotions and how you feel about it. you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You just do it because, let me tell you something. You may not always feel like praying. You may not always, listen, you may say, I got something else better to do than get in his word. But you got to get in his word. You got to spend time knowing who Jesus is. And let me say this for two or three people in the sanctuary. Some of you got to learn how to deal with your Goliaths. You got to learn how to deal with your pits. You got to learn how to deal with your lions and your bears in your life. <clears throat> you got to learn how to deal with them. That was back, back, I see them, but I ain't going to deal with them. No, you got to deal with them. I got to deal with them. I remember, uh, I'm going to tell my family this quick story. I don't even know this happened. This happened, this happened to me last night while they were asleep last night. Uh, this, this, this fact, this fact, this true fact, Sheridan and my wife don't even know this happened last night. I was getting ready to get on the computer last night. When I got over there, I saw something green crawl, crawling, right, sister? Yeah, it was green crawl. Had about more, it had about four legs on it. A long tail. <laughs> it was a lizard. And I said, I couldn't call them for help. I knew that would be a lost cause. <laughs> they would have been here at your house, your house, or your house. It would have been over with. They would have moved out the house right there. In fact, something to think about moving right now. <laughs> and so I said, well, I got to deal with this thing. I can't just let it run free. Talking about, somebody better come get the lizard. <laughs> I can't call nobody at 12 midnight till I come get this lizard, right? Well, for Pastor Doc, you might not care, but I sure can. But <laughs> bad boy, it, it came, I saw it by my computer, right? And I'm thinking, somebody got to get this lizard out of this house right here. And I realized, this is just real life stuff here. This happened last night. It's going to be me. Because I can't get nobody else no helper. I can't call Mr. Harris to come to my house at midnight to get a lizard. <laughs> I can't call Brother Henry. Brother, I can't call Brother Sam to come shoot the lizard. I don't know what to deal with it. <laughs> so I got the shoe, and we dealt with the lizard. I killed him, wiped up his blood, and threw him out. Why do you catch him? Release him to the wild. That ain't my calling, y'all. <laughs> we got in my house. He should have known that was the death warrant right there. <laughs> I don't catch animals and release them back into the wild. That ain't my calling. That's somebody else doing. <laughs> Come to my house. That's what he just said. It's me or him. I, I know it might be kind of comical to you, but my point is this. You got to learn how to deal with stuff in your life. Don't deal with it within yourself. Deal with it by faith. Your trust, your confidence, your assurance, your belief in God. And when you do that, it makes you better. And in turn, you can help somebody else get better as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. 
Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.